0: Welcome back to the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here. And I wanted to share that today's episode is a replay of one of our most popular pregnancy episodes. So Jess and I share our top five tips for less pain and pelvic floor symptoms while walking during pregnancy. So whether you're planning to become pregnant, you currently are pregnant, or you work with pregnant clients, you're definitely gonna wanna tune into today's episode. we offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health.
1: While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare.
0: We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Two Birth and Beyond. It's Jessie Mundell
0: and Anita Lambert and today we're going to be talking about a topic we get asked about quite a bit. Um, People have asked us to do a podcast on this but also even within like Jessie her coaching practice and then also my physio practice. Um, We're going to talk about tips around less pain and pelvic floor symptoms with walking in pregnancy because I don't know about you Jess but I find people get told like of any exercise just keep walking. But I do find it's actually a form of exercise that a lot of people find bothersome in pregnancy yet there actually is quite a few things you can do to make it more comfortable. Um, What do you find with your, with your clients?
1: Yeah, totally. And I Think we've talked about this on the show before, but it is the number one thing people are told to do for exercise during pregnancy is just keep walking. Just keep on walking right to the end as much as you can. And that definitely can work for some people. But yeah, for me during my first pregnancy, there really got to be a point towards the end where walking was the thing that was ramping up pain and symptoms for me the most as I try to just keep going and keep doing it. And I know that a lot of my clients experience the same thing. So I think this will be helpful because of course we want to help people do what they love to do, get outdoors, if that is also important to you. So how can we help you continue to do the walking, but feel better in your body?
0: Yeah. and I think it's important too, because you know, a lot of people too need to like I have a lot of clients who like, they have dogs, and they're like, I need to walk my dog. So I need to be able to do this, or I have other kids. Um, things like that, like walking is just, we do need to do it regardless. So let's make it more comfortable for you. So with tip number one, this is kind of two, two in one um, that we're going to talk about just because they interconnect so much. So one is when we're looking at Kind of your posture or your positioning. And I will tell you already, Jess and I will not be telling you to put your shoulders back and all the things people get told about, like quote unquote, perfect posture. Um, I find that actually doesn't work so well, um, especially in pregnancy. It's actually not that comfortable to do. So what I talk to people about is, especially as pregnancy goes on, your belly is growing, your chest is growing. So there typically is more weight in the front, which is causing you to shift your weight back more and more on your heels than probably you did pre-pregnancy. Um, and so sometimes adjusting that in itself can actually change how we feel because it might put pressure differently, whether on our pelvic floor, um, on our lower body. There's just so many reasons why it might be helpful. So with this idea is bringing your ribs more forward. We call it like ribs over your pelvis. And so I know with a podcast, it's harder because you can't get a visual, but I'm going to give you some ideas. So you could also think about if a flashlight was coming out of your belly button facing forward and you want it to face forward or slightly down. This is going to cause you to shift a little bit more forward. If your belly button or if that flashlight is kind of pointing or flashing towards the ceiling, then you want to make that bit of adjustment and that can really help. Another way to bring the rib cage more forward, which will shift your weight more forward, is actually this idea of checking in where your breath is. So often I'll have clients just in standing how they naturally would take an inhale through your nose, breathing out through your mouth, and notice is the air more in your chest? Is it in your sides of your ribs kind of like an umbrella or the gills on a fish or is it more in your abdomen and typically i find it's more chest or front of the abdomen so if you bring your body a little bit more forward um, kind of this i call like olympic kind of ski jump position which i got from julie Weeb. she talks about the ski jump posture um, getting more into that position which yes can feel awkward in pregnancy it can feel challenging especially if you're used to having your weight back But it really works if you try this and then check in with your breath again. And and often it will be more in the sides of your ribs. Um, And so this is what I'll have people do before they walk or while they're walking, you know, take a deep breath. Where is your breath? If If it's more in your chest or the front of your body, shift your weight a little bit more forward, that ski jump position, see if you can get it more in your ribs. And often that will feel better for your pelvic floor, for your back, your pelvis if you have pelvic pain um so that's kind of a, a two for one check in with your breath and check in with your positioning as well what do you find with that Jess I feel like you're also on the same page with those ideas
1: yeah I love that I really resonate with that ski jump position cue from Julie Weep as well and something that I will often cue my fitness coaching clients on is just to slightly lean in to where you want to be going, which is generally forward. So just a slight lean forward through the whole body can often be just enough to remind someone to, again, lean slightly forward in the direction where they want to be walking to. And I love, I'm just like playing with my position as you're talking. And it is so interesting just to notice that quick shift of body position or alignment and where you feel the breath moving differently in your body. And for me, as soon as I get into that slightly ski jump position, it just feels so different on the abdominal wall too. So you might just feel like if you're slightly leaned back or more on the heels, it might be maybe a little more pressury feeling in your low back. But when you shift forward, you might just feel a bit of relief and lengthening and a little bit more like your abdominal wall has kicked on just a little.
0: Yeah, I love that. And that's what I do for it. It can make such an immediate change for people, even in standing, like people who come to me in pregnancy with back pain or pelvic pain, pelvic girdle pain, tailbone pain, pubic symphysis, making that adjustment in standing, checking in with your breath, and then just trying it walking in that moment. So if you're listening to this in your house, you might even be out for a walk. Um, Test this out and it can make such a difference. And what I find helps too is if you picture the end of pregnancy, if you've been pregnant before, or maybe you've seen this with family or friends, what I call like the pregnancy waddle, by the end of pregnancy. And often when people experience that, I find oftentimes there is pain associated. So whether it's back pain or like I said, pubic symphysis SI pain, um, if you can start using this positioning earlier on, there's the potential to get ahead of that. So you can actually keep this position till the end and then you're not really having that pregnancy waddle. Um, Go on because you can also check in standing, you know, don't adjust anything, lift, keep your leg straight, lift one leg behind you lift the other leg behind you and just notice how free it is to lift your leg behind you how much actually height and movement you have, then go to your ski jump position and do the same thing and you'll find the leg feels freer to move behind you, you actually have more mobility so that's where that all ties together. Is that forward leaning position actually might give you more mobility or more kind of quote unquote space around your pelvis and your hip to actually get more of a stride, a longer stride, which can be more comfortable versus keeping it really short.
1: I love that. And one last note on body position, something that I played with myself or recommend to my clients sometimes is just to notice what the feet are doing when you're walking and what types of positions you tend to put your foot placement on the ground or the floor in. And if you are having symptoms or pain and you've tried all the other things that we're talking about, maybe just adjust your foot position slightly, maybe turn it outwards a little bit more or inwards a little bit more and see if that changes anything on how it feels on your pelvis or low back.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. And to know too, like, you'll notice with how Justin and I talk in this episode, but pretty much all our episodes, there is not a right or wrong way. Um, I get people a lot saying like, okay, I'm supposed to have my feet always pointing forward, they should never turn out. Well, like, for a lot of people, turning out your feet actually can feel better and is not going to be causing an injury. And especially in pregnancy, our body naturally often starts to do that more anyways. Um, because of the changes that are happening within our body throughout pregnancy. So to know it's like, you don't have to have your feet facing forward, you don't have to have them turned out, find what works for you. Um, Now going into our second tip, this is, so what we call is like thoracic rotation. So this is referring to around your mid back, getting some rotation when you're walking. This also comes into play when we've talked about running before. And I love this tip from Jess. I use this all the time with my clients, especially with running is um, we want to get some arm swing. So that'll also give you an idea what's going on. So if you find your arms are just staying at your side and they're not really swinging naturally, that's likely a sign. There's not a lot of rotation. However, if you want a really helpful cue to get that rotation with walking or running, um, if you picture again, kind of like a flashlight out of your sternum, so um, kind of your where your rib cage at the bottom of your rib cage above your belly is. If it's pointing forward, you want it to think of it going from 11 to one, 11 to one. And I find that cueing works so well for people because just saying, you know, arm swinging or rotate more through your spine, maybe that'll work for a couple of steps, but long-term that doesn't really, that doesn't really stick. So having these other visuals works super well. So you can think of that even with walking and it might feel exaggerated, especially if you're used to not having that rotation. I find for my runners, they love it because they're like, oh, okay, now I can really feel this happening and how how much this was lacking before. So you could actually use this for walking in pregnancy as well. So that kind of 11 to one idea and check out your arm swing and notice, you know, is really my upper body not moving when I'm walking? And then therefore there might be more happening lower down and potentially that might be contributing to pain or pelvic floor symptoms.
1: Yeah. I love this tip so much. And this was one that I got from Robin Kerr, a physiotherapist out of Australia who just does really excellent work in all types of populations, but including public health stuff. And, uh, this is one that people find really surprising because I don't think it's something that we've thought about too much. And it wasn't even something that I had thought about until I was taught this from Robin. So yeah, just that slight rotation. And like Anita was saying, 11 to one is not huge. You're not like twisting side to side in these big ways. It is pretty subtle and slight, but you'll likely just feel more freedom through your body as you're moving.
0: Yeah, and I should clarify too, when we're talking about 11 to 1 is if you kind of if you're standing there and you picture like a clock circling around you, you're thinking from 11 o'clock to one o'clock. So that front little bit of rotation. Um, So try it out. And with any of these tips, like we always love hearing from you. So let us know, you know, send us a DM on uh, Instagram or comment when we post about this episode and let us know what tips are your favorite and what you've tried out. So going into tip number three, so this is not so much when you're actually walking, this is more of like, helping your body feel more comfortable uh, for walking, but ahead of time. So we've talked about mobility work in pregnancy a lot, how it can help with comfort in general, back pain, pelvic pain, um, preparing for birth. And so this will come into walking as well. And so Some different things, and I'll even post in the show notes, uh, we'll link to um, some posts that we've done about mobility work, so you can actually visualize these exercises. Prenatal yoga is fantastic. There can be a lot of benefits to different types of exercises within yoga itself. I find for pelvic girdle pain, something, again, that's often missing, is people get told, like, don't do asymmetrical work. Uh, But the thing is, walking is all asymmetrical. So that won't quite work to like avoid it. Um, And instead of that, why not see like, can we create more comfort around the pelvis? And this usually comes with actually opening the knees. So things like cobbler's pose, which is a prenatal yoga posture. Um, But there's a bit of what I call like a symmetry series, which includes um, cobbler's pose, uh, bringing the knees together and a bridging movement. And in combination, it's contracting and relaxing muscles around the pelvis um, that often can feel really good for whether uh, pubic symphysis pain, back pain, SI pain, um, I find quite helpful for clients. So they may do it just before they go for a walk or in the morning or the evening, quite helpful. Other um, exercises like thread the needle or windmill, which are really based around that thoracic rotation mobility we talked about. Um, Cat-cow is another nice one. So it's really going to depend also what your symptoms are. So if you have back pain, pelvic pain, or if you're leaking, or if you have heaviness, um, pelvic floor heaviness or prolapse, um, it may, you know, you may have targeted mobility work, depending what you're you're feeling. But just to give you some ideas of what can be helpful and to know actually what you do outside of walking could actually help while
1: you're walking. Yeah, that is... So, so helpful. And I was on a consult with one of our prenatal clients in our two pregnancy and beyond program the other day, who is about 15, 16 weeks pregnant with her second child. And it's like you were saying right at the top of this episode, Anita, that walking is something that we might have to do in our lives during pregnancy. And for this client, they need to walk to go pick up their two year old, three year old at the end of the day and they're noticing that they're getting some pelvic pain that's ramping up as they go on that little walk so our strategy is similar to what you're saying here with the mobility work is to fit some mobility work in throughout the work day while kiddo is at daycare and then hopefully by the time we get to the end of the day when that walk needs to happen the body is feeling a little bit better for that
0: love that love that And then so number four is actually around if you do experience symptoms or pain is rather than feeling, okay, I need to stop. I shouldn't be walking anymore. Instead, go back to the initial tips we talked about. So check in with your breath, check in with your positioning, check in with your thoracic rotation. So it's the same thing when we've talked about with running, if you're feeling symptomatic with running rather than just stopping and be like okay this activity clearly is not for me right now check in with the other things because it could be that you might be fatigued at that point within your walk or potentially you might notice symptoms with your walk at the end of the day versus the morning because you're also tired and fatigued later on so instead of you know not doing anymore which for some people they you may get to a limit and realize okay this is the length of walk right now that feels comfortable and so that's great but you can also check in with the other things so your breathing posture rotation and then also check in maybe you do feel better if you've done mobility work in the morning before your walk versus the days where you don't get a chance to do that so check in with those things first if you are feeling symptomatic
1: yeah, perfect. Modifying all the things that we can before we omit something, I think is the route that we both like to go whenever possible.
0: Yeah. And then our last step number five. So this is more about things you you may do or you may have been told is are helpful to do, um, but they may actually not be. So this idea, if you're having pain or pelvic floor symptoms like leaking um, with your walking is rather than trying to hold everything. And this may come into play too. If you're experiencing pelvic organ prolapse, it is a very kind of intuitive feeling. That you want to hold everything up and in. So you may be kind of squeezing your pelvic floor the entire time. You may be sucking in your abdomen the whole time. Check in with that and see if you can like let it go um every time I say that because Pippa's like obsessed with frozen so I always yeah that starts to play in my head but (laughs) (laughs) um um, just yeah like let it go in terms of let the belly go try not to be clenching the pelvic floor instead like I said go back check in with your breath um and we didn't go into depth in it in this episode but we have in the past this idea of you know your breath and the pelvic floor and your abdomen, this whole core canister, how they can all affect each other. So actually checking in with your breath can actually help your pelvic floor do what it needs to do without kind of overdoing it. It doesn't need to clench the whole time. That's really not how our pelvic floor naturally works is, you know, holding it all day. It ebbs and flows depending on the activity we're doing. The same with if you were going for a walk um, and walking your dog, that's going to be different having someone kind of pull on your arm that's going to different be different than if you walked by yourself versus if you're maybe your postpartum and your baby wearing which is then another pressure on the body so just to know depending what's going on with your walk um so just notice tendencies you may be doing and even just releasing those could actually help your symptoms um and then i also always want to mention with this one too Because there is a myth out there, like if you're having pain or symptoms in pregnancy, it means that like your pelvis is very unstable. Um, And I just, I will probably repeat it so many more times as we do more podcast episodes, your pelvis is extremely stable. And so is your back, even when you're pregnant, it is. Um, the The research does not support that it actually is unstable. So to know too, if you're experiencing pain in that, again, go back to those initial tips, see if you can adjust those things um, to help you feel more comfortable and less symptomatic. How do you feel about that, Jess?
1: Yes, oh my gosh. Say it again and again and again. This is exactly what I was talking about with that same prenatal client is that they were feeling unstable in their hips and their pelvis. And so it's just a bit of education work around that and also then shifting your mindset slightly about what that actually means in your body is it true that my left hip is unstable or is it not true and then again telling ourselves maybe a slightly different story and moving from there but I think that this idea of not sucking in not gripping on the pelvic floor is such a big one especially for my clients many who have been athletes in the past identify as being athletic we just want to do everything so well and so hard and so perfectly and like harder faster better stronger when really it can be so much more comfortable and effective for us to tone it down
0: Yeah, I love that. And yeah, and I think it's good to bring up too with around the pelvis around kind of quote unquote stability, you may you, it is very valid to feel that your pelvis or area is unstable, like that sensation is real. It's more that we want to let you know that the actual joint itself, it may feel that way. However, the joint itself or that area is actually quite stable. There is a lot of support there and just kind of tweaking how you're doing things um, because there is that shift in uh, your center of gravity in that when you're pregnant. So more about adjusting that and then seeing those changes in the moment also kind of reinforce that feeling of like, okay, no, my pelvis is stable. Um, And I can actually get more comfortable, I don't have to necessarily stop uh, what I'm doing, you can still do things you just may need to modify or use a different strategy to continue doing it.